everyone today we're talking about the fact that right now i am not in my home office <laughs> i was gonna say joey you better lead with telling them where you are with that painting behind you <laughs> no i didn't totally redo my place this isn't another closet in my house i am currently in a hotel room in washington dc my wife travels a lot for work the intention at the beginning of the year was for me to travel a lot with her that didn't happen for a number of reasons, but we are recommitting to that for December of 2022 and beyond. And Liz and I and our team were talking and I was like, you know what? There's a lot that went into how we've designed the business so that it's easier and easier for me to be on these trips, which is a huge value to me because the freedom to be with my wife, Kat, is like something that I value a ton. And we had over a year of being long distance. And so now even these quick trips away are stuff that just we don't like. This was super important for me to achieve. And if you've ever thought about trying to figure out how to really make your entire business so virtual that you could pack up and have crazy airport visits tacked on both sides of the trip, We've learned our lessons quarter by quarter to really making it happen and making sure that the business doesn't only survive, but thrives while I'm taking these types of mini trips, mini vacations during the months. Well, and you have to tell them, I don't know how long ago it was, but last time when you tried to travel with Kat, what did she say? Yeah. So let's go back because I know I talked a lot about the fact that We've gotten the business now to a point where I'm really just the CEO of the law firm. I'm spending now around two hours a week total. I'm completely out of client work now. And I've just got a handful of team meetings that I'm in on every week. It definitely was not always like that. And it was just a few years ago where Kat was like, Joey, I'd really love for you to come with me. You've never seen one of the cafes that I work at. Let's make it happen. And at the time, I didn't have any help with the client work. I was doing all the sales calls myself. There was so much that was on me that required me to be showing up, me being tied to the laptop in my little hotel room with questionable internet, right? And towards the end of the trip, Kat could see how stressed and anxious I was. And the fact that I wasn't in my element, I was quick, I was stressed, I was easy to get upset. And she was like, Joey, I love you. But if you're going to be this stressed out every time we try and make a Boston or DC trip work, like just don't, don't come. I can relate. I can relate. Don't come if you're going to be bringing my energy down. Yeah. And so it's not just about designing yourself out of the business or giving yourself free time. It's about allowing yourself to have the energy 
to enjoy that time, right? And I've learned that the quality of my hours when I'm now traveling with Kat are way different than the quality of time, even if on paper and on my calendar look the same. My goal is to make sure that we can have dinners together while we're here and that they're stressful enough work trips for her that I'm not adding to the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. It's an important piece for a spouse. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And like to be able to enjoy the airport and not feel like you have to pop open your laptop on yeah. a layover. Like I've had both. I've had trips where it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm behind. I got to open my laptop and do as much as I can. But then I've had trips where I'm like, I'm just going to watch Netflix. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And having the ability to just relax. And yeah, if you zone in to the certain mood, like I was listening to that James Webmore podcast that I shared with you, Liz, at first I was reading a book and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling ready for some business inspiration right now. So I switched it over to his podcast and then started brainstorm journaling from there. But it is nice to really have a like flexible family work time Mm. to feel like work is a part of stuff that you can choose to do and get to do. And it doesn't feel like this thing that you have to do and you have to cram in with all this busyness of other stuff. Yeah. Well, I know you have some fun stuff to talk about today, but that, that led me to a question because I know sometimes even if I'm not that busy, I have trouble like turning my mind off. Yeah. And I would, I know I'm not the only one that struggles with that. So do you have like tips or advice or words of wisdom on like how to just slow your mind down at the end of a day, if you're just feeling inspired or feeling busy, even if it's not actual task work, but like learning to be present with your family, like being able to turn it off. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of a couple of things here. And I think I've shared this on the show before, but one thing that I learned from my therapist that is so freaking helpful is what's called the halt technique. Mm -hmm. So when you realize that you're in a mental space where you're just not feeling well, to stop, to halt, and then to go through those letters. So it's H-A-L-T for am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Yeah. And that can be a really great way just to kind of body scan. Am I feeling off? And whether it's taking a nap or eating some food or calling someone, what can be a quick fix there? The other thing is, and I can't remember if you were a part of this conversation or not, Liz, but I talked to some people on the team last week about how in a lot of ways, because I'm so comfortable with cat and my family they tend to see the worst parts of me Mm. and it's because when i feel like i'm around them i can really let my guard down let my shoulders down and i almost want to put quotes around like be myself it allows me to just kind of be who i am by default Mm -hmm. but that's not really true because One of the things that I love about our team meetings is we kick off every meeting with a mood rating and a positive focus. And I love that for a lot of reasons. And a key reason why I love it is because it forces me to find that gratitude Mm -hmm. and to find that energy that I want to bring to the room. Mm -hmm. And 
And it's not about hiding your issues or being fake, but there is something that is really powerful around knowing that like you are not just your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You are not the essence of who Liz isn't cave woman Liz who just does and says whatever comes to mind for her. That filtering that you do of deciding what you're going to say, how you're going to act is really who you are. And I'm now trying to get better and better at finding some space to have the equivalent of, okay, what's this like meeting with myself? What's my mood rating? What's my positive focus? Even if I'm just about to like shut the laptop and have dinner for the night. Mm -hmm. Because the people that are close to me also deserve like my highest self. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I love how in our next level CEO meeting, you talked about the mood rating and you were like, it's not about not feeling, but it's about leaving what's less than a 10, like at the door so that you can find that 10, that 10 out of 10. for that meeting. And it was the way you said it. It's not about not having the other numbers, but it's about finding the 10 so that you can have the 10 for that timeframe. Yeah. And that was really good. And why does this feel like a mind blowing moment? But no, that's what I need to figure out to do for my family is find the 10. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hi. My son wants to say hi. Can you say hi? Hi. Hi. You got some Christmas stuff? Oh, fun. Love you. Sorry. So cute. (laughs) Very excited. We have the Christmas crazies. I love it. I love it. Well, there wasn't a really easy transition that I was seeing. So that's a great break. And now we can awkwardly make the transition to okay, how does that connect to what should be delegated first? Mm -hmm. If you're saying, okay, whether it's I want to travel with my partner more or whatever it is, if you're seeing a goal that you want to reach that requires you to delegate and elevate more, the reality is getting to that finish line is probably going to take more than just one quarter. Mm -hmm. And so what stuff do you start delegating first that lends itself to be delegated first, that gets more of the mental energy sucking stuff off of your plate, right? Yeah. And Liz knows where my head is here because I talk a lot about like team charts. And one thing that I work with a lot of my clients on is really simplifying this team chart that you have, even if it's just you, Mm -hmm. to having three basic departments, So you have your, what we call fulfillment department, which is the department where the client work is getting done or the customer support is being handled. If you're a coach or a course creator, it could also be like where you're creating those courses, right? Then the middle department is operations or admin. Mm -hmm. And this is where calendar management, software management, bookkeeping, hiring, All that kind of stuff lives in this kind of of very process-driven systems department. And then the third department is growth. So that includes marketing, sales, branding, visibility, all that good stuff. What we found makes the most difference the quickest 
is to get out of the client work first. Because mm. when I did my debrief after Kat was like, come to Jesus moment. <laughs> We're not doing this again if you're going to be stressed oh, out. <laughs> it was the client meetings that I was having, that I was preparing for, the emails from clients that I was receiving that were stressing me out. Those were the things that were having the most impact on my mindset. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we started first, figuring out a way to remove myself from. And once we started making more progress there, then we shifted to operations, which again is a very kind of process heavy thing. So that can also get stressful, especially if you're thinking about certain team concerns or bookkeeping matters or cleaning up certain processes that exist somewhere in the business. But we worked on that and then we shifted to growth. And even within growth, we looked at the boxes within growth that are closest to the sale. So it can be very easy and very tempting for business owners to focus on the fun Canva stuff and website design. And I don't know if people still, I remember when I started my business, like mocking up your first business card was like a thing that everyone was so jazzed to do. I don't know (laughs) if that's still the case, but there's that type of stuff that we tend to focus on because it, frankly, makes us feel good. Mm -hmm. But there's the sales calls, everything related to how can you convert those existing potential leads that you're working with, and then marketing, and then visibility and all of that stuff. It really went, okay, how can I get out of the client work? How can I remove myself out of managing a bunch of the tasks in the operations department? And then how can I get out of sales calls? Yeah. When I want to rewind to something you said in the very beginning about like building out the chart, even if whomever is in 90% of the roles or all the roles. Yeah. And I think to me, that was the biggest shift was having an org chart that was just, here's who's in my business. Yeah. Right. And it's pretty and it's in a chart and here's who's in my business. But then you sitting me down and saying, let's not even talk about who's doing what but let's list every single role that is in your business, right? Do the roles first, and then you can start putting names beside the roles. And we even started brainstorming in one of our calls on like, okay, how do we come up with all these different roles? Okay, think about our CRMs. Who manages Kajabi? Who manages Stripe? Who manages, you know, why not? Like all these different tools and subscriptions that we pay for, that's a good starting point Yes. in just listing those out as a role or a job or a position, right? Obviously that might not be one full-time person, but a CRM could fall under fulfillment and operations Yeah. and just starting there. And I started to think differently about a team structure when I think about it, the roles, like you say, the accountability chart and not just people. And that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so eye-opening when you when you create a chart that is roles first instead of people first, yeah. right? So the first round of Liz seeing this, we called this chart our 4D chart, and we're starting to play with what we're calling it. I think what we're going to do moving forward is refer to this chart as our elevator chart. Mm. Um, I do 4Ds too, but no, elevator's chart, that's good too. 
And that goes along with your elevator statements. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> I want to be careful when sharing this concept of an elevator chart to people and when they share it with their teams, because it's not the case that if someone is at a lower level, they're less valuable. But in a way it is. Everyone is human and worth infinite amounts as a human being. But what we are now doing is whenever we bring a new teammate on board, we are pulling out this chart and saying, okay, here we circle a certain role and we say, here is the role that we're hiring you for. Our question for you is how high up do you want to go? And this allows them to see if they want to get promoted within the company to the extent that they want to take on more and more valuable roles. They can start to see how that can play out. And they're not just looking at a name. They're not just saying, I want to be a Sarah. They're saying, I want to do this role, this role, and this role. Yes. Like that looks fun or exciting or whatever feels good. Yeah. And we're learning that it's a really great way to have that chart and to have that conversation allows for you to see potential leadership teammates. And especially if you're hiring within the United States, it's really great to be thinking, okay, what is not only the position that I have in mind for this person, but what are the management and leadership roles that the company needs that this person might be interested in filling one day? And how can I kickstart that conversation? Yeah. I want to acknowledge something too. And I put this on my notes to put towards the end of the episode, but we're just in the perfect space now because I don't even know if you really stopped to like soak it in how big of a deal this is. But so one of our leadership members, Raina, is going to be taking, I think, two weeks off. Yeah. So in our meeting, she filled us in on which VA would be like running the show while she's gone. And it was just a really cool moment to see not only is Joey, not only are you able to step out, yes. but your leadership team is so well trained or whatever we want to say that they can take time off too because they have the support that they need and yeah. that's rare yeah i think that i really appreciate it it is rare i think one thing that i don't know how unique this is about us as a team or if it's just that we clarify it in a way that other companies don't but our team really values freedom Meaning, if we can help create space for them to carve out time for them to leave work and be with family, have cool experiences, that means way more than like a branded mug that we can send them, mm -hmm. right? Or potentially even like a more money. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of how can we each be working on ways to create coverage for each other so everybody can take time off is not only super good for the company, but I think it's that finish line that we're chasing is a really compelling thing for the entire team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just that ripple effect of you creating the life and the freedom as a culture and not just like I'm the CEO so I can take time off, but yeah. this is a team culture. And as long as the work gets done and the systems are in place, everybody can have the same kind of freedom, which is so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thanks, Liz. I know. I wanted to shine the light on that little moment because I was like, I feel like this is a bigger deal than Joey's allowing it to be right now. That's a really good, I'm glad that you went there. And it's true. Yes, this is me going on these types of trips with my wife is a huge win that I want to underline. And for any CEOs watching live or on the replay, I want you to also let me know if that's something that you want, whether that looks the same or maybe something different. What does having more free time, more flexible time look like for you? And at the same time, I'm glad you bring it there, Liz. What can we be doing as companies to be creating that type of freedom and flexibility for our whole teams? Yeah. And the culture. Yeah. I also want to say that you are extremely disciplined and show up and work normal hours. Like this isn't. Well, yes, you know. yes. But I want to clarify. Oh man, how can I say this quickly? You get to work on the fun stuff. Like you're working on CEO level business building team meetings. Yes. I don't want to say things that don't matter, but things that don't change the day to day. These are things that change the year to year. Yes. And I don't want to belabor this point, but the context for all of this is that years ago, I had a very scary health situation and that really forced me to get serious about designing myself out of the firm so that if anything ever happened to me, clients were still taken care of. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, thankfully, that health scare went away in terms of it being a priority, but the momentum that we had built in terms of working towards designing me out was still going. Mm -hmm. And so over the past year, as I have gotten less and less involved and honestly am putting in less than five hours a week, most weeks on Indie Law, part of this new brand, part of the business growth advantage is with that time that I'm getting back, how do I want to be spending it? And mm -hmm. now that I don't have that doctor's orders to make this company less dependent on me, I do have the ability to be planning so that I'm more involved in the future of BGA than by design I was with Indie Law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you get to focus on the things that you want to do. I mean, we all have to do other tasks in the business too. We get to do, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really cool to see that, you know, you're popping in Slack and you're always thinking about big visions. It's mm -hmm. not, what'd you get done today? Like all yeah. of it is future paced, which I think is a unique role for a CEO that's really as young as you are in a couple of years in to be able to show up in that way and not show up in a day-to-day -day micromanaging. Well, thanks. Space, I, I do love One of the things that I am constantly reminded of when I go on these trips with Kat is that she is the planner. I am not in terms of like itinerary planning and being very specific with the details. My brain does not work that way. Mm. So if you also can relate to being like a high visionary, but not really liking the details, the role of visionary and CEO is you can really let go of the details. You can let go of the day to day. I let Caitlin, the COO of Indie Law, know that she is running the law firm this quarter. Yeah. And I'm working on future quarters. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so awesome to see. It's very inspiring too. And mm -hmm. I talk a lot about how when you and I first met and started working together in this way, how it just opened my eyes of a business isn't worth anything if I'm the only one that can run mm. it. And it just got me really thinking about five years, 10 years, knowing that I want something 
that can run without me, you know, to some extent to have a business that's worth something one day. And, you know, you already have that with indie law, like it it runs without you. You could sell it if you wanted to, don't you dare, but. (laughs) Not anytime soon, not anytime soon. Liz, I love that we make time for these chats. You're the best. I know. Well, and I know that people are getting value from it too. We've gotten some really great feedback and I just can't say enough good things about Next Level CEO. And I think I have a unique Mm. perspective because I do have a business with my own team, but I'm also very much inside Joey's team. So I get to see both. And so much of it is just a ripple effect that I bring into my own business. But to also see the other people in the group with their accountability charts and their aha moments. It's great. Yeah. If you are not in Next Level CEO yet, we have a new round that we're opening up next quarter. We're going to be kicking things off the second week of January to avoid some holidays. And then we're going to be meeting every other week for three whole months. I'm calling it an accelerator program because really we accelerate the speed at which you think about team planning so that you have a crystal clear understanding of what to do in Q2 and beyond in terms of where to delegate and elevate yourself. It really is a unique and powerful group of people and focus because as you know, Liz, so much of masterminds and group programs, they tend to get taken over by conversations around marketing, sales, maybe how do we serve clients better in this way? And all of that is warranted. That's all important stuff to be talking about, but it's very rare to have, to hold a space where you just zoom in on people and team. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've all been exposed to like an org chart or an accountability chart, but nobody has actually done the handholding of this is how you build it with a plan of filling certain seats by certain dates. Yeah. And I mean, I had an org chart for three years, but I never like really knew how to use it because it seems so self-explanatory, but it's actually really not like it takes a lot of work and listing out all of those different roles and putting them in certain places and then mapping out when you can fill those seats. And I think as far as like tangible deliverables, like that's what people really walk away with next level CEO is like a very physical accountability chart that is color-coded and ready to go. And that's pretty cool. Well, thanks, Liz. If anyone's interested, (laughs) not that you're biased or anything, if anyone is interested, let us know in the comment, feel free to, to DM me or Liz, if you prefer, and we'll give you some more information about it. Just so you all know, there's only about three spots left that are unaccounted for. And there's only nine spots total. So it wouldn't be a shocker if all the spots got filled by the end of this week and most likely by the end of next week. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Joey. Thank you, Liz. All right. See you, everybody. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week.